Welcome to the Principal Purpose Podcast, where Principal and Certified Life Coach Lynn Harden teaches you how to leave work at work and in between get more done with energy using her proven formula after leading three award-winning schools. And now, here's your host, Lynn Harden. Hello, everybody. It's coming to the end of this school year. And I know how you feel. I remember thinking, I'm exhausted. I'm tired. Which, by the way, tired is not an emergency, though it seemed like that to me. And I want to start planning for the next year. But boy, I'm tired. I need to rest. I'm looking forward to the summer off. Resting, restoring. Gosh, maybe I could even read a book. I can remember thinking that. And I would, my mind would go to the future. I would go to August when I would be returning to work and miss out on finishing the year with other thoughts and feelings besides exhaustion and fatigue, or shooting to August and wanting to plan for the upcoming school year, and that causing even more fatigue, exhaustion, burnout. So for this podcast, I want to talk about where are you now? Where are you now as it relates to where you want to be? I think it is so important to know what isn't working and why you think it is. In this podcast, I'm going to teach you the difference between situations, data, circumstances, and our thoughts about it. All problems are thought problems that can be solved at the level of the mind. I know, I know, you've heard that mindset, growth mindset, closed mindset. And I used to see some beautiful bulletin boards in the classroom. But before your mind says, I already know that. And by the way, that's a great thing to notice when your mind says, or our mind says, I already know that. I've already heard this. That's the time to perk up and listen. All problems are thought problems that can be solved at the level of the mind. So with whatever your current situation is, where you are right now, let's separate out the circumstances from the thinking. But before I do that, I'm sure you're wondering, or maybe you're not, but I'm a teacher at heart, so I'm going to give some definitions. Circumstances are facts. Are you ready? Circumstances are facts that everyone would agree upon at any given time and are out of our control. It's usually people, places, things. They are facts like, I'm a principal. I'm a teacher. I'm a life coach. I'm married. 
I have a daughter. I live in California. I weigh, eh, I'm not going to answer that one, but you could fill in the blank with whatever the number is. Every human, and as humans, it's a survival skill. We give meaning to our circumstances through our thoughts. And our thoughts are just sentences or statements that are constantly running through our minds. I once read, and I don't know it's true, and I've never done a fact check, that the average human has 60,000 thoughts a day, and they're usually about food. For my own personal research, I would agree, but I don't know for sure. And sometimes we're aware of our thoughts, but often we aren't. They're running in in the background, especially if it's a thought that we've been thinking for a long time because it becomes a belief. As I work with clients and we begin to get down to what's really going on, an example of thoughts that you may not be aware of are, I'm not good enough. My district doesn't support me. My teachers don't appreciate my work. Well, the good news is, I don't know, it's good news or bad news, depending on where you're coming from, but I think it's good news. We can't change our circumstances. We can't change people, places, things, the facts, the data points in our life. But here's the power. Here's the good news. We can change our thoughts about them because the root cause, the basis of any problem is always our thinking, not their thinking, our thinking. I'm going to take a guess at what you may be thinking right now is that if I don't focus on the circumstance, how will it ever change? How can we improve student achievement? How can we improve student behavior? How can we mentor? How can we make a difference for students if we're not willing to try and change the circumstance? Well, what I want to say is what you're really trying to change is the result, not the circumstance. And there is absolutely a way to do all of those student achievement, student behavior, mentoring, to create change, to be a change maker. There's absolutely a way to do it, but it lives within the results. So let's get back to thinking and why thinking is so important. Our thinking, our thoughts, our mindset are what drive our feelings, our emotions, our actions, what we do or don't do, and actions ultimately create results. As a principal, I spent so much time ignoring my thoughts and feelings and trying to change my actions with sheer willpower, with a new planner, with a new professional learning network, with meeting with other principals, with talking with my mentors, listening to podcasts. I would consume information. I would take a lot of action, really passive is how I would describe it, to try and get different results. It was exhausting and didn't, did not result in what I wanted. So I'm here to say there is still a way out. There is still something that works. And that is the importance of our thinking. It is to understand where you are now in your thinking and how to change it 
and how to become aware of your thinking and also learn how to determine your thinking, how it makes you feel and act. Another thing I did as a principal, and I don't know that you're doing it, but I suspect that you are. I was a principal for over 21 years and three different schools and know, and know and love many school leaders. And I am here to say that our emotions were cut off. Our emotions were pushed down. We were taught, don't ever let them see you cry. Which may or may not be true, but it, for me it translated, I didn't allow myself to feel. I didn't allow myself to have emotions. I digress. Let's talk now about how we can become aware of our thinking and how that thinking determines how we feel and how we act. In my certification as a life coach, the best way I learned on how to become aware of my thinking was using something that I would describe as the model. It came from Burke Castillo of the Life Coach School, and it is a wonderful way to see how your thinking, what your thinking really is, in a clean, concise way. And I love that. Organized, clean, precise, and how that thinking is creating your result. Once we understand the impact of our mindset, our thoughts, our thinking, we can make a decision whether it serves our desired result, whether it's useful and whether we want to keep it or replace it with something, a more useful thought. As a rule, when we notice that we're experiencing something we would consider, and I'm doing air quotes, a problem, we can always find the cause of that problem in our thoughts. And thoughts are really important because thoughts create our emotions our emotions fuel our actions, and actions create results. So we want to be in the driver's seat on the bus. We want to be able to choose our thoughts because our thoughts literally create our reality. So in the model, when I'm working with a client, I'll take pencil and paper, sometimes a whiteboard, and I'll write vertically, the letter C for circumstance, T for thought, F for feeling, A for actions, and R for results. And I would ask them, and I'm going to ask you now, and you can, if you're driving, you can pause for later or just think it and say it out loud. Why do you think that you are doing the thing that you're doing? Why do you think that you are working late hours, thinking negative thoughts, avoiding a certain parent or teacher, allowing a parent to talk disrespectfully to you, ignoring a problem, procrastinating on paperwork, those are examples of actions. So why do you think that you are doing fill in the blank? Why do you think that this comes up? 
what feeling prompts or creates these actions? Is it fear? Is it anger? Is it frustration? Is it obligation? Is it neutral? Is it joy? Is it frustration, disappointment, dread? In one word, tell me what the feeling is before you take this action, or you think prompts this action. Can you think of a time, the last time you felt this way? What was going on at that time that prompted this feeling? And what is it that you really want to gain? Since results are really what we want to create, not taking a bunch of action or feeling certain feelings. I mean, that could be a result. I suspect there are certain results that you want to create. I don't want to speak for you. And I want to say again, and to help you understand that your current thinking is contributing to that result. So ask, what is the specific result you want? What actions would you have to take to get it? What would you need to feel to do these things? And what would you need to keep believing to feel that way? There are many ways to think about a circumstance. There are many ways to think and feel to get a certain result. And there are thoughts that create feelings such as fear and dread and frustration that are spaces that are very difficult to take actions that would create results that you may desire. It is much easier to come from a space of confidence, encouragement, excitement to create results. And there's a distance between those feelings of dread and the feelings of excitement. There is a distance. So when you think about that distance, what would be the obstacles? What are the obstacles to achieving that dream, that goal, that result? Some obstacles that I would hear about in the teacher's lounge over lunch or in IEP meetings or meetings with a teacher about specific students and concerns and brainstorming on how we could help them. I wish I had a nickel for every time that I had someone say, they just need to be motivated, that this student has no motivation. This is a great example of actions are driven by feelings and all feelings are created by thoughts. It's so common as human beings to expect feelings just to happen to them. And we expect feelings to just happen to ourselves to create action. And we expect feelings to just happen to students. And I, motivation is a great example. Teachers would say that they don't do their homework, that they don't work hard in class, that they're not focused because they just aren't motivated. Not knowing that motivation is something one creates for themselves with their thoughts. And as the adults, we have a great opportunity to support and help and mentor our students in changing their mindset, changing their thoughts about themselves to create the feeling 
that would create the result. So you can't just create motivation without first looking at the thoughts. So anytime someone's not taking action, we have to decide what feeling is needed to fuel the desired action and then choose a thought to think that will give us or give them, the fee- a student, the feeling they're after. By the way, this doesn't work on your husbands or your grown children. I'm talking about at a personal level and I'm talking about as we mentor students. These are some great questions to help fuel our desired actions are, what action would you like to take today? What feeling would you need to fuel that action? What thought could you think to create that feeling for yourself? And I think kids have a much easier time of this than, or at least that was my experience at the elementary level. They have a much easier time of grasping this concept that our thoughts create our feelings and our feelings fuel actions. But I would make sure that your students understand this concept and also re-listen to this podcast to really get this concept in your bones. Take the action. Now I'm going to talk about there's two different types of action. There's massive action and there's passive action. Massive action is when we are taking action that continues to produce the result or the goal that we want. We will anticipate obstacles. We will be willing to fail over and over again and try again, learn from the failure, tweak the failure, try again until that goal is reached. Most people try. They fail they stop. They don't try again with modifications what they started with. They just try something completely different and then fail and give up. Try something else completely different. Fail and give up. I'm suggesting hang with the original action and begin to modify it as you fail. Learn from the fails. We test it. We keep testing and we keep testing and we don't quit until it works out. Massive action is when we keep our energy, our sights on the goal, and we're willing to do anything to get there. We try different ways without changing what we're trying. We modify, we fail, and we continue tweaking until we hit that desired result. And here's the caveat, we have to be willing to feel uncomfortable Failure stinks. At least that's my opinion. I don't know anyone. I've never heard someone say client or colleague. I love failure. It feels so good. It's really comfortable. No, it feels uncomfortable. But we have to keep acting, taking action, keep going anyway. Now let's talk about passive action. Passive action is snuggy and comfortable and cozy. It's like studying, learning, taking courses, being in professional learning networks, listening, practicing, not really applying, reading about the action that you hope to take. 
but it keeps the type of passive action keeps us from reaching our goal. However, it feels safe. You're not going to be embarrassed. You know that whether, and it's hard to tell because we are consummate learners as educators, but you'll, how can you tell when you're in massive and passive action? You'll know which one you're in by the number of times that you have been brought to your knees. Because when you're taking passive action, there's no really risk involved. You kind of hide and plan and avoid massive failure. And certainly any embarrassing moments in front of your community. Massive action is when you're willing to fail. And I want to just throw out the possibility and encourage you if there is a result that you are not getting in your life, look at what type of action that you are taking because it is massive action that accomplishes results. And I also want to ask, where in your life do you think you're taking passive action? You're consuming instead of taking massive action. In your particular circumstance, at your school, in your situation, or your classroom, in what way do you imagine massive action would be more useful to you than passive action? What is one example of massive action that you could take towards one of your current goals or results? If you would like help in any of these areas, understanding the relationships between our thoughts and our reality, or to talk more about Passive action, massive action, which one am I in? How can I work within the model to create the results that I desire? Reach out to me. Send me a direct message or go to my website, www.lynnharden.com, and uh, set up a call. It's a gift. It's absolutely complimentary. I would be happy to help. As always, if you have enjoyed this episode or you enjoy this podcast, leave a review. And also, if you know someone who would benefit from this episode or this podcast, pass it on to them. Take care, be well, be happy, be healthy. And thanks for listening. 